Welcome to a new episode of Talking Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best bleeping rivalry in baseball. Co-hosted by Patrick covering the Boston Red Sox and co-hosted by Chris covering the New York Yankees. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Rivals. You can follow Patrick at Patrick Trotty. You can follow myself at CP7NY. And you can find our podcast wherever you find your podcasts at Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. And you could also find our show on Sportswire Radio, which is located at sportsinarium.com backslash player. And you can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, for all the scheduling needs on Twitter at Thomas Bryce 2017. So, Patrick, another busy week for a lot of teams, especially the Mets. <laughs> so yeah. far, hot stove. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I mean, I personally have been better. We'll get into that in a bit. But the, the Mets, I, I saw something where Cohen has spent 2% of his net worth this offseason. Wow. <laughs> um, so there's that. I mean, there's still some decent names out there. There's still, I mean, there's still a couple of big shortstop names out there. But, I, you know, let's start with... Uh, for both of us, we'll start with the positive. Aaron Judge coming back to the Yankees. Yeah. Um, when, did he really have that extra offer and then he went back to the Yankees or did the Yankees go back to him when they heard about it? Maybe a little bit of both, kind of, okay. because it sounds like the Padres had the bigger offer, right? They came in late and they had the bigger offer and supposedly – the Giants were going to get up to that point as well. And before that, before all that happened, um, Hal Steinbrenner called Aaron Judge in that crazy night and said, listen, what is it going to take to get you to be a Yankee? And he says, give me that ninth year and we're good. So basically he gave him the ninth year and, you know, the rest is history. And it kind of reminded me or definitely reminded me of with the Bernie Williams situation. Bernie Williams was getting ready to sign with the Boston Red Sox years ago when he was a free agent. And George Steinbrenner uh, called him up and said, who do you want to play for? And he says, I want to be a Yankee. He says, well, then I'm going to match whatever offer you got out there and you can be a Yankee. And that's how, and that's how Bernie basically became, came back to the Yankees or else he was on his way to playing for you guys in Boston. So and I, and I think we've kind of um, said this about the judge situation, right? The Yankees, they either way, they were wrong, right? If they make the offer, the nine years, uh, 360, oh, they, they're overpaying for a guy. His contract's going to be bad by the end. They're overpaying for him. He's, he's going to be 31 next season, all this kind of stuff. So it wasn't good. Now, if they don't go to the nine year, ninth year and San Diego ends up signing him say for 10 years, you know, $400 million, then what? Then the Yankees are going to get destroyed because they didn't sign him. Right. They didn't go that extra mile for their yeah, they're, they were, franchise. They're in a corner. They're, they're yeah. stuck. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I felt, you know? So um, I thought they had to do it and you could see it. Like I'm not comparing the players for their careers, but, Aaron Judge is the Derek Jeter of this generation, of this generation's kids growing up, right? They they got the Aaron Judge poster on the wall, you know, 
all the jerseys at the game are, are Aaron Judge. You know, this is yeah. right. I and mean, I'm not trust me, I'm not saying he's going to be a you know five time world champion and you know first no, ballot. But he's favorite. comparable for this generation. Yeah, definitely. yeah, right. So that, that's all I'm saying. And so I think they had to sign him. Yeah, nine years is a lot for a guy who's going to be 31. I get it, but the way I look at it is they need to get five good years out of him. If they get at least five, five years gets gets them to the end of Stanton's contract, right? So in five years, Stanton's contract ends, and then Judge could be now your more DH Stanton guy. Stanton still has five years? Yeah. Whoa. Five plus a sixth is the is a team option, I think. Whoa. They could opt out. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so they if it's five, so that's the way I'm looking at it. You okay. get five good years out of them, playing the field every, you know, not every day, but you know what I mean. For most yep. of the most of the season, I I I feel like they they did fine because if they get to that point, the last four years, more of a DH than an outfielder, and we'll, we'll see where we are at that point. But that's that's the way I'm kind of looking at it. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I didn't realize Stanton had that much time left. Um, on his contract. Yeah. Puts things into perspective now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not um, good. <laughs> no. Uh, look, I, I think he nailed it. I think that the Yankees had to, either way, there was going to be a segment of the fan base that said, no, see, I told you I was right. You know, they shouldn't have done this. But I, I think overwhelmingly, just for that extra year, I think you pull the trigger and do it. For yeah. what judge means on and off the field, I think it was a no-brainer. Yeah, and I, I, I saw things where you know, obviously, we see the other players getting eleven years. Some nine years doesn't seem that bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, it could have went higher. Um, you guys obviously lost Bogarts. I mean, let's let let listen. Let's let's rip the bandaid off and let's let's get this done because yeah, I know you got a lot to say. So, what happened? Yeah, eleven years, two hundred eighty million. Both, I, I think it was way. I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say the Padres overpaid. Oh, no doubt. Bogarts, no doubt. Yep. But I think the Red Sox wanted to. I put this more on the ownership than Bloom because a contract of any, obviously, every contract has to go through ownership and get the okay. But anytime you're signing somebody to, more than like a three or four year deal. It's really, it's on ownership to okay and say, yeah, this is the direction we want to go for the next decade or whatever. Um, but I still, if they don't make another move and they bring in, I'm looking at the shortstops left. If they don't bring in Correa or Swanson or make a trade for somebody and they bring in Elvis Andrews or Jose Iglesias, Mm-hmm. Uh, th- uh, their middle name is going to be Tampa Bay. Or yeah. It's the Boston Devil Red Sox. I mean, it's the, the stuff writes itself because it's, I, I don't know what they're saying to Devers. I don't know what they're saying to the rest of their team in not signing Bogarts because Bogarts did everything the right way. He was never connected to anything, he always said the right things. He played well. He was good on and off the field. All-star. Almost pretty much the captain. Won one world multiple World Series in Boston. And 
and then they don't even have apparently they the ownership and and bloom said you know they sat him down and said you endeavors are our priorities <laughs> and um I, I i'm with you i think i'm with you and saying if they were gonna they weren't i get that they you're not gonna give somebody an 11 year contract fine you don't want to pay 11 you don't want to give out 11 years because you've invested in other players in your minor leagues and you've got prospects coming up 11 years for a shortstop is crazy but it should have never gotten to that point right it's not like you can say i i know what the red sox are going to say they're going to they're going to spin it and say well san diego just came out and just went crazy with the offer and we can't compete with that fine but it shouldn't have gotten to that point it should have been in spring training or last year when they added one year and 30 million on to his three years 60 million they said here that's our offer bogarts <laughs> basically said i'll tell you what you can do with that offer i'm gonna play it out and good for him because now he's set but um yeah that, that was an insulting offer and yeah and even big time insulting i yeah i saw mlb Trade rumors predicted seven for one eighty-seven. Mm-hmm. So maybe you bump it up to seven for like two ten. And in spring training, that's what I would have done. And At I least. know that's a big difference between that and eleven for two eighty. But it, you're not competing against other teams. Right. And I know Boris wants his clients to reach free agency just because of this reason. Because it only takes one team to outbid a another team and they he, they don't know how much the going rate is they could offer Boris could say yeah we've got a couple offers right you know? um and I I you know what if they did that before the season and put that out there seven years 210 and he turned it down at least from a fan's point of view you're like all right hey you know what they no. tried they, they gave it a shot but like you said Boris was going to make him go to free agency no matter what so, but at least they gave him something, not an insulting offer like he's a, you know, like, like he's a bench player or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So they gave him an offer like he was like, you know, ah, he's, he's all right. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. But my biggest thing is what's their next move? Because we've been talking about all for the last probably 15 episodes, we've been talking about um, what happens. What's this? What's the second option for right. Judge and Bogarts? Yeah, and you look at Correa and Swanson. I know Correa fits in with the whole, like he could play the villain, and oh, he's yeah. the Yankees most hated, all that. I, I'd rather have Swanson. It's a little less of a price, little less injury. Yeah, uh, I know they both won championships. I know I'm not saying Correa is not a great player. Correa physically gifted much more than Swanson, but Swanson plays every day. Right. I mean, Swanson, he's, I think he's an underrated hitter. He's not as gifted, like I said, but I think Swanson fits in. If, if not, I want to see the Red Sox get involved in trade somehow. Cause with Trevor Story's elbow and the fact that he wasn't healthy last year, I think you just keep him at second base because he was, I think he graded out the top five 
Now, in AL second baseman defensively, he didn't play the whole year, but he was on pace to, you know, have a very, very good year defensively. And that was a new position. So I think you just keep him at second base. And now they have a glaring need at shortstop. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And to me, it, it it looked like their plan was we're going to let him go, right? We're not going to sign him. And the plan was right to bring up uh, Myers, Meyer, yeah. right? And I, okay, if that was the plan and that's what it pretty much looks like, then why not trade him at the trade deadline and get two or three really good young players like you did with Betts? You know, I, okay, you didn't really hit big on, on the Betts trade either. But at least but get Verdugo is a starting outfield. So right, it's, it's like, something. You get right? something. Right. Get it something. Now you're getting well, what do you get? A second or a third round pick? I think either a second or a fourth. Oof. Or maybe both at the most. Right. And it's just that's that's not that's not no. I mean, come on. They would have had great offers for yeah. Bogarts at the trade. Great offers. So for them to do what they've what they've done. It just makes absolute no sense. And their offer even now, right, for them was, was a joke, was it was insulting. Yeah. Well, what's the highest offer you heard that, that they gave? I never, I never heard them get over 200. So that's that's at least $80 million difference. Right. And I'm okay with, listen, and, I, I'm not saying you should have went 11 years. Yeah, no, you can't go 11 years, but... And Bogarts can't turn down that type of contract. I mean, I get no. it. And good for him for getting it. But it's... And I think a lot of that was because Machado can opt out soon. Right. And they, yeah. they have positional flexibility. And they can and move. Soto, free agent in two years. Yeah. You know, so, so maybe they don't think they could sign those guys. You know, maybe that's what right. their mindset is. I don't know. And I, I'm just looking down the line now. Not to get too far ahead, but... I, I start to see articles now in Boston about what to do with Devers. <sighs> they have to extend them. They have to. They, they, you have to. You yeah. really do. Or or you have to bite the bullet and trade them and get legit pieces back. Yeah, I don't want to hear you got a second and a fourth for them. You know what I mean? No, or you know, <laughs> you get, you know, we got a great prospect. Right, right. Yeah, right, I don't want prospects. I, that's what people come to Fenway Park to see. Prospects and the monster. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm spending my money on. <laughs> you see a great big wall and a bunch of prospects that aren't inside. Yep. There you like, go. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think they gotta you gotta build around somebody. Even take any team you want. List a team, and they're building around somebody. Yep. Even the even the the Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays, who spend nothing, they have their Wanda Franco, right? Yeah. And uh, look, <laughs> Devers is getting better defensively. He's a great hitter. He's twenty five. Do it. Just. Yeah. I, I know it's going to cost a lot, but right now you're just you're upping the price, like you said. You're upping the price. Every. Every time you kick the can down the road, you're just higher the price. Because if you're like, ah, okay, through spring training, we can't get it done. We'll just do it during the year. Mm -hmm. Oh, what happens if he has a great April? Then the price just went higher. So, and think and about they're it. Not, they're not, they're bargaining against themselves. They're, it's just, it's just you and him. So work out a deal. 
and they probably could have signed him last offseason for much less than what they would have to sign him now for, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. you're talking a $30 million a year. I think 30 is the floor. Right. So at least 10 for 300 is the yeah. floor. I know he. I know that they offered him the oh, the guy's escape, the guy's name is escaping me from um, Atlanta, the third baseman Riley. Oh, Austin Riley. They offered him Austin Riley's contract. And what was that? That was ten years for two. It was either two twelve or two fifty one. Hmm. Yeah, he's going to. And uh, that's not going to get it done. No. He's going to top that. Yeah, he's going to – I think he's going to get – at the end of this year, he'll be 26. I think if they're giving out 11-year contracts, and these guys are great players, to these guys this year, he'll get an 11- or 12-year deal for 35 a year. Yeah. And that's already – 12 for 30 is 360. See, I'm going to say he gets 12 for 380. Hmm. From, I mean, like Trey Turner is built on speed, and he got 11 years for 300. So he's Devers is going to say, "Look, I'm a left-handed, power-hitting player that similar to Trey Turner in that he's gotten it done on the biggest stage in a big, big market. Back up the the money truck for me. I'll take. I'll start at his contract, 11 for 300." So, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's like, either way, you're going to pay a lot. You're either going to pay a lot of money or you're going to, or you're going to pay a lot in losing fans for, you're going to take a little bit of a hit either way. Right. And you got to build around somebody. It's, you can't lose. I, my bigger thing is if not Bogart's endeavors, then who? Right. Those are the guys they're proven. Like, like you said, Bogart. The last, and this is why I don't put it just on Bloom, because Bloom just got recently. I know he was, I get it, with Betts, Benintendi, all these different deals. But even before that, it goes back to not re-upping John Lester and bringing in David Price, trading Lester, bringing in Price, bringing in Pablo Sandoval, bringing yep. in Hanley Ramirez. I know they re-upped Dustin Pedroia, and the end of that, he got it. They kind of got snake bitten with his injury. But for homegrown talent, you you should you should nurture that. And they they've said that they wanted to, and then they don't follow through on it. There's just a disconnect somewhere, and I'm thinking that might be the silence in the ownership. Right. I think you're right because it, it just. It just doesn't make sense for a proven commodity, especially in a place like Boston. You would think they would resign them like it wouldn't even be a question. It's like New York, because we've seen it on both of our teams. They brought a guy in that is supposed to be great and they just can't handle it. Right. Whatever. I don't want to say can't handle it, but they just can't do it in New York or they can't do it in Boston because it's not the easiest thing to do. Right. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the pinstripes, they say we're in the pinstripes, the pinstripes are heavy for some, you know, the pressure in, in Boston, you got the media right on top of you there. So, yeah, certain markets and both our markets are right up there are 
it's not that they can't handle it. It's just it could be a variety of reasons. But right, it's not just, for them. Right, whatever yeah. it is. Right, I agree. It, it's it is what it is. But but when you got a guy or guys now that were proven that could do it and have done it on the biggest stage, the World Series, the playoffs, you resign those guys. You don't let those yeah. guys go because you're going to make a trade. You're going to bring in a guy here. You're bringing in the Japanese guy. Yeah, like, we got to get to that. That's yeah. A, um, I'm just saying, like, just for an example, like you bring in certain guys, you're hoping they they could do it here. You know, you're hoping that they could produce in New York, in Boston, in the playoffs, under pressure. It's not, you know, it's not an automatic, oh, that guy could hit 300. Yeah, he may not do it in New York or Boston. It just may not happen. (laughs) And one last thing on Bogarts, I think moving forward, if they don't bring in Correa or Swanson, I could see them moving story to short and bringing in somebody like we mentioned before, Brandon Drury at second. The dreaded stopgap. (laughs) Stopgap. Definitely stopgap. We learned that one this year. Oh, oh, definitely. Definitely a stopgap. But um, to get on to other free agency, I don't know how to pronounce. I don't want to mess up this guy's name for the Red Sox, the outfielder. It was Masataka Yoshida. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, three <laughs> minutes enough. ago, the, the Braves acquired Sean Murphy. Oh, there you go. We've been um, waiting for his name. More to come. There's just from Jeff Passon, so we'll get on that. But um, so that's one catch, one big catcher off the board, and it's not even free agency. But anyway, Masa Masataka Yoshida is. Now, remember Adam Jones, the outfielder for Baltimore? Yes. He played over there with him, and he claims, he calls him the Japanese Juan Soto. Wow. Says all he does is get base hits and draw walks. So okay. um, that that <laughs> kind of sparked my, that, that lifted my ear a little bit when I heard that. But I was reading some scouting reports on him. He's... Let's start with what he does really well. He's excellent as a contact hitter. You know that 20 to 80 scale that they grade you out on with the five tools? He grades out as a 70 as a hitter. The last person I saw to grade out as an 80 was when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. came up as a hitter. So 70s, that's that's really saying something. But um, he'll hit for a little power. But it's just it's just contact, constant contact. He's not striking out and he's walking, so he's getting on base. Which in the is mid nice. Four hundreds. Yeah, which is nice. You know. Yeah, it's good. And um, he's going to be a corner outfielder. He's probably going to be the left fielder because he's average. He's better than average going in, but on deep balls, on batted balls in play behind him, he's not that good. So. Yeah, and him. he has average speed, so uh, I I would think that he plays in left, or he's the full time DH, and then you move Verdugo to right. So right now it would be him in left, Kike in center, and Verdugo in right. Not that much power, but decent contact all around. Some speed in center with defense. Verdugo's pretty good defensive, so I like the move. I just now it's the whole 
can he acclimate? How is he going to get here and play and kind of, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to expect him to be like, oh, he's going to be like Ichiro right off the bat. You know, nothing crazy. So, but it's a lot of money. Yeah. It's, but listen, at least it's something now. <laughs> you yeah, it's the going rate, but it, it did, he kind of came out of nowhere because he was a late post. Like they, they posted him pretty late in the, in the process. Right. So, but from all accounts, he's, um, he's a top of the order guy, or he's a guy that, you know, that the Red Sox can put lower in the order, take the pressure off of him until he gets used to playing in the big leagues and then move him up in the order. Because he's, he's really, you know, right now he's all-star level contact. So, Mm. and in today's day and age when, and especially with the shifts being outlawed now, he was one of the few people in the Japanese league that actually saw shifts against him. All right, so he's still bad. He's still batted, I think, three twenty last year. Yeah. So, so it's something. It's a, it's a good, it's a good move, but it's better not be the highlight of the offseason. Well, that, that that's what I wanted to ask. Like now that you got him, Bogarts is gone. What do you think the rest of this offseason is going to look like for the? Like, what do you think their next move is going to be? Because I have apparently, no idea. Yeah, apparently they're not in on Avaldi. I don't get it. Um, yeah. Because their starting rotation looks like Sale, which is a question mark. Huge. Pavetta, Brian Bayo, and then you're looking at Hauk and Whitlock. And that's five. And then you have Paxton. And then you're starting to look at like real, like Seabold and Winkowski, who were up and down and kind of 4A right. players. And, yeah. But um, I would move Hauk to the bullpen. And we haven't even talked about Kevin Jansen, which we'll get to. But yeah, I would move out to the bullpen and then go out and sign somebody. It doesn't have to be Rodon. Doesn't have to be something huge. But somebody like Navaldi would be. Um, I'm trying to think of another starter that's still out there. Is Bassett Bassett is still out there? Bassett's right? still out there. Syndergaard, Navaldi, Rodon. Um. I could see Bassett or Evaldi. Evaldi makes a lot of sense. It's just, it, does he want to get his huge contract right now as far as years? I know he's going to get paid either way. Right. But if you can convince him to do another two or three year deal at the max, bring him back. Maybe but I love the Kenley Jansen signing. Yeah, definitely. Which, and then that kind of tied in with Bogarts because then there was like talk like, oh, well, they were moving ahead on Bogarts and talks were intensifying. But the Kenley Jansen two for 32, I think we both agreed when we saw it that it was a good move. It was a good signing. It kind of puts everybody back into their right place, takes Barnes out of the closer role, and he can just go out there and pitch in the seventh, hopefully not the eighth inning, Maybe the seventh inning kind of puts everyone where they should be in the bullpen. Yeah, I think it's it's good to have that because before this, you know, you we were kind of talking about like you said, Hawk or someone else is going to close, or yeah. you didn't really have that one steady closer. Now you know, okay, we got the closer. 
Now we just got to fill in eight. Now just work back. Six. Yep. Yeah, which is which is much easier than oh, finding yeah. a closer. So yep. I like the move. For and sure. then also for the Yankees, I'm reading on trade rumors that uh, according to Joel Sherman, the Yankees have had trade discussions with the Twins and Diamondbacks about their available outfielders. Yeah, I like that. Is um, breaking news? But yeah, um, maybe a Max Kepler or an Alex Kirilov. Um, and then the Diamondbacks have a bevy of outfielders. And yeah. Corbin Carroll is considered the one that's the least available. Yeah, he's probably untouchable. But, but they, have, they have Varsho, McCarthy, Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, and all I those personally... guys except for one are lefty hitters. Yeah. I'm definitely for that, for these moves more than, because it seems like, you know, the Brian Reynolds, once he asked for a trade, everybody was connecting him to the Yankees. But right now, the 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 price is going to be very high for Brian Reynolds. And I don't think, not just the Yankees, I don't think anybody's going to match whatever they're asking for because it seems like they're looking for a Soto-type package for him. Um, so I don't think that's going to happen. So maybe, you know, going for one of the D-back guys or um, well, the guy from the Twins, I think, you know, I and I I mentioned Max Kepler last year for them to go after. Yeah. But, um, you know, so I hopefully I and I think that's where they're gonna go. I don't think they're gonna sign Ben Intendi's probably gonna cost them more, you know, price wise. So I don't think they'll go for him. Conforto, I wouldn't sign either. You you don't know what you're gonna get from Conforto because he's been out for a whole season and in 2020, 2021, he was not good. Right. I think he hit like 240. So he didn't have a good yeah. year. So I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't want to get him. People mentioned Michael Brantley. That's another guy. I mean, good hitter, but, you know, he's had shoulder issues and he actually was injured last year at the end of the year. So what are you going to get from him? Plus, he's not really going to play the field that well if no. he's out there. So I, I hope one of those, you know, either one of the D back guys or, um, or Max Kepler works out. Cause I, I think that's a better move for the Yankees and hopefully they just kind of concentrate on getting uh Rodon. That seems like they've, they've been in on him for, you know, we yeah, I was just going to ask about him. What, what do you think is next for the Yankees? Other than that would be Rodon. I would think so. I probably Rodon will be first because that should be coming down soon. Um, the, you he's know, once a seven year. Seven, I think that's what they're pushing for, but I think most teams are at five or six. So, you know, you, you know, like you said, with Boris, with, uh, with uh, Bogarts, you know, Boris is going to, you know, try to get as much as possible. So, and he's not going to budge. So um, he's probably trying to, I know I heard today the Dodgers might be in on him now. So once the Dodgers are in it, that's, that probably made him smile, right. To get the Dodgers involved. Yeah. Helps the offer. Yeah. If the Dodgers and Yankees are involved, St. Louis might be involved. Once you start getting these big teams involved, you know right, you might get that, that year. St. Louis has five starters signed right now, but they I think a, an ace. I think after next year, they have only one starter signed past next year. And you know what? And when you look at their rotation, do they really have an ace? If he's healthy, Flaherty? Yeah, he hasn't been healthy for a couple of years now. But he would be like a 1A and a 1B with Rodon. Yeah. 
if he's healthy. That's a big if because yeah. he has not been. The rest are, you know, Mass. solid pitchers, right? Yeah. I like these guys. You know, Montgomery for us, you know, three or a four. They lost uh, Quintana to the Mets. Um, you know, you still got Wainwright for one more year. You know what he's going to give you. He's been solid. Mikolos is going to give you what he's going to give you. So solid starters, but I wouldn't make them, you know, my yeah. ace for sure. No. So, um, and then what about with the Giants? Kind of, they kind of did an option B's with, with Judge and Rodon. I know that they're still in on Rodon, but they signed um, Mitch Hanniger, three yeah. years, 43 million. Oof. And then didn't they sign Sean Manea today? Yes. Yep. For two years and like 25 million. And I think he has an opt out after one. Yeah, is that is that really going to get giant fans excited? Um, I don't think so. I mean, when you look at that lineup, I mean, they're, they're good moves, but they're okay. Yeah, yeah. But this is they they need to get Correa. They need to get Swanson. One of those guys they need to sign. They need to make a bigger splash because when you look at that lineup, this this is not a team that's going to be a playoff team this year. Who are you pitching around? <laughs> Nobody. In that lineup, like usually you go into a week series or a weekend series and you say to the pitchers, this is the guy who cannot beat us under any circumstances. Right. And they just don't have one of those. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. I mean, uh, Brandon Crawford, he's 35. <clears throat> Brandon Belt's a free agent. Um, they got Estrada. Joey Bart still hasn't, you know, come into his own yet. And a lot of like we said when we were previewing the season last year and I thought. Like I was wrong. I thought that they were going to be. I thought they were going to get some magic and figure out something, maybe get into the playoffs right. this year. But I thought that I think you were right because they they are what they are. They're a bunch of veteran. They put together good at bats, but nobody's really scaring you in that lineup. Right, a solid rotation, solid bullpen, but that lineup is just not going to. You know, and especially in that division where you got the Dodgers and not, and the Padres are just a machine as well. You know, I don't I don't see them being first or second. And you even like the D-backs to to move up a little bit. Yeah, so. I think the fight is for third place right now between the yeah. D-backs and and the Giants. And let's be honest, the Dodgers have been too quiet in this offseason so far. Yes, that that's how I was going to get to that. Good point. <laughs> it's it's very weird. Yeah. The Dodgers, you don't hear anything about the Dodgers being linked to anybody. You don't hear anything, like we said, about Boston anymore. Certain teams, you're just not hearing them in on things. Like, what's going on with the Dodgers, you think? I haven't heard anything. The only thing I heard was maybe they're going to be in on Rodon now. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's very strange that they're – to me – the only thing I could think of if they if they're quiet the rest of the offseason is they're resetting their tax. And guess who's going to be a free agent next year? Right. Shohei Otani. There you go. So can you see them going 10 for 500 million for him? You know, oh my God, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I wouldn't shock me to hear that. So I'm preparing no, that's, myself. For that. No, that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. It's just <clears throat> can't get used to that number yet. No, no, half a billion dollars for playing baseball. It doesn't make sense. The money is just, it's just getting stupid. Like you can't even, like you can't even look at it anymore. It's just 
I'm just, I'm numb to it. Uh, yeah. You know, when you hear these numbers and then you hear, you know, you could get, we'll get into it with the Mets. How much have they spent this off season? It's yeah. just crazy. It's so what do we think crazy. about what the Mets have done in kind of stepping back from just Verlander, giving a little time to think about what they've done overall. I think they've gotten a lot of it right. Yeah. I think when you look at it, right, when you look at DeGrom going, you replaced him with Verlander. And not only did you probably get a better pitcher because he's going to pitch all season, he's not going to be out at least half the season. You got to look at it that way. So I think you improved that way. Plus, it's a shorter deal. It's only a two-year deal. So instead of a five-year, possibly six-year deal for DeGrom. So I think in that sense, much better. And the signing of Singa, Senga, um, replaces uh, Bassett right now. I mean, they could still get Bassett, but if I'm looking at, I'm looking at it that way. So when you look at the rotation, Scherzer and Verlander, one A, one B, and then you got Singer as the number three, and then you got Quintana. They signed him. He's your number four, and Carrasco is there too. So that's a good. That's as good it, as you're gonna get. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's really good. I mean, that's a lot on Senga right now. But, you know, I mean, he's supposed to be a really good pitcher. So putting him in the middle of the rotation makes a lot of sense. The back end yeah, of that rotation is really good, too. Yeah, he doesn't have to be a one or a two. You yeah. know, he just there's no pressure on him. I mean, there's still going to be pressure on him, but not nowhere nearly as much of if he went to a team that needed an ace. Right. So he's sitting back and could learn from these two great, you know, future Hall of Famers. So, yeah, I love it. Um, certain teams, I'm just going back to the Dodger thing. Certain teams are way too quiet. Like, you're not hearing much out of Houston. I haven't yeah. heard much out of Seattle. Um, yeah, I mean, you expect certain teams to be quiet, but but the Mets are throwing money around. Like, I don't know. Hey. I would shake my head because it's a lot of money, but you know what? If you got it, spend it. Hopefully some of it works out for Mets fans because their pitching is, um, like we just said, I think I think their pitching is what's going to have to get them over the hump because they're going to be asking a lot from a lot of young prospects and rookies if they don't fortify the rest of their team. Yeah, because the lineup, I'm I'm still – like the lineup is basically what they had last year. You're going to be asking a lot out of Beatty when he comes back next year and Alvarez. Right. And the other guy, too, um, the one with the V, uh, Vientos. Yes. He's the other guy, DH, third baseman, whatever, wherever he's going to yep. play. Um, I, I thought another bat for that lineup would be perfect. Um, you know, a couple of guys we already mentioned, you know, maybe Ben Benintendi, maybe um, – Maybe Brantley as like a DH left fielder to yeah. kind of go with Tana, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's I, I know there's not many options right now for them to go for, um, you know, in free agency, but that was something like we we said it last year about the Mets, right? From the all-star break all the way to the end, was that they're missing like a big one more big bat in that lineup because the only power guy really. I mean, yeah, you could you could say 
Lindor, but it's mostly just Alonzo. And yeah. you need, I mean, yeah, they brought in Vogelbach. You know, he's not the guy. <clears throat> Darren Ruff obviously was a disaster. But um, I, I thought they needed one more bat, and they just didn't. But their pitching is is excellent. Their rotations. And I like the, the Robertson signing. That was great, too, for the bullpen. And who else? They signed uh, another middle reliever. Hmm. Um, wasn't he from the Rays? Oh, what's his name? It's lost in the shuffle. Um, yeah. Ugh. The Rays guy went to Philly, right? Maybe. Oh, no, the Philly guy went to Rays. Sorry, Eflin. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, the other one. I'm trying to remember his name. <clears throat> the Mets. Hmm. Yeah, it's one more guy that they they did sign another arm for the bullpen. I just can't think of his name right now. Um, but um, it wasn't you know, I liked it. Just to, they probably need one more, maybe another arm for the bullpen. And I think that's going to be really it. You know, I I don't know what else they're going to do. Um, yeah. I, besides another bat, uh, I think it's just tinkering now. Yeah, nothing um, major. Unless so now it's turned into a three-team trade with the Braves acquiring Sean Murphy, William Contreras going to the Brewers, and mm. Manny Pina going to the A's. Wow, that's it? Or is there more involved? I think that's it. Wow. More to come, but maybe another player, but I hope yeah, so. Yeah, because yeah, Manny, it's got to be more than Manny Pina going – Right to uh, <laughs> to the... tell me a thirty-five-year-old third-string catcher isn't enough. <laughs> yeah. to get it done. Yeah, there's got to be something else going back to the A's. The A's must have got probably a prospect each or two from from the, the two the two other teams, right? Let's see. Um, one of the players heading to Milwaukee is catcher William Contreras. Oakland is getting Manny Pina, and then I can't say a lot of the other stuff that's going on below in Jeff Passan's Twitter right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's a mess. You know, Godspeed to that guy. He does a great job because the the stuff that I see that he puts up with on a daily basis. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. It's it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. It is, it's horrible. If he gets one thing wrong, it's like, no, you're dead to me, passing. Yeah. Yeah, that's why, what's his name? Uh, <clears throat> uh, John Heyman got killed when he says, oh, it looks like, it looks like, what was his, what was his uh, exact tweet? It was, it looks like Judge is leaning towards San Francisco. And that mm-hmm. blew up the internet. It blew up Twitter. Yeah. And, and that was it. And obviously it went the other way. (laughs) Right. But he didn't say he's going there. He says he's leaning towards that way. Right. So it wasn't like he's signing there. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't, he still got killed for it and rightfully so, but I guess, but it wasn't like he didn't, I don't know. I felt like I felt bad for the guy because I'm like, yeah, of course (laughs) he didn't deserve it. That's all it takes. Just he kind of looks, you know, he's thinking of it. Right. Right. (laughs) <laughs> but he's also thinking of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess the question on my mind now is, 
any trades out there you think that happened? Obviously, the Sean Murphy one just sparked my interest. But it, because aside from the two shortstops that are left out there, I'm trying to think of a big name that's left that's going to, like, breaking news. There's a lot of good players left. But besides the two shortstops, I'm thinking that there might be another trade or two before. Yeah. Before the end of the year, maybe. Yeah, I, I would think so. I, I think we're going to still see, and and my my thought too with with the Brian Reynolds, and not just for the Yankees, but I just think the Pirates got to be a little more. I don't want to say realistic, but they should say, you know what, we're not going to be good in the next year or two. So why don't we get something good for him? I'm not saying get rid of him for nothing, but lower your price just a bit. Like, just be a little more like, okay, maybe he's... Or change the price. I mean, yeah. Right? Like, change, maybe not one Soto. you're looking for. Don't, don't look for AAA or AA prospects because, like you said, you're not going to compete in the next year or two. Right. Take a risk on younger prospects that are a couple years away. Yeah, exactly. You know, and maybe they'll... Maybe you'll get two or three of those guys. You know, top guys. I'm not... And trust me, I'm not saying go for you know, bottom 20 prospects, they still got to be, you know, in the top five, but don't ask for your top three prospects right off. Yeah, the don't ask for a guy that's, you know, he's, he's ready for opening day. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, actually. That I, I don't know. That's the way I was looking at it. Cause I'm saying to myself, because how, how many years have we just like two years now that we've heard Brian Reynolds name in trade discussions. Yeah. No matter what they get back, it's going to be disappointing for their fans. Right. Because so, they've been waiting on this for a couple of years now. Oh, we're going to restock our farm system with this trade. He might not. I mean, he's a good player. He's a really good player. But I, he's not getting one Soto package back. No, I don't think so. Because I think he would have got traded by now. Yeah. Right? I, it just seems like when, when they ask for something so much higher, it seems like the team's are like, nah, I don't think so. You know, like, and he's yeah. a really, he's a great player. I'm not, yeah, trust me, I'm not saying he's bad at all. I would love, love to have the guy, but I just think the Pirates got to be realistic in their minds and saying, okay, we're not going to do what the, we're not ready to be the Orioles this year. Maybe next year, right? right. Maybe 2024. So let's get guys, like you said, Speaking same of, light, what, what do you think it would cost for the Yankees? It would, I, I'm just, I, I got to look at it from the Yankees. It's got to be. I know they they would definitely want Dominguez to replace him in the outfield, right? So, okay. I would have to be headlined by him. Now, I don't think they'd want our shortstops because they have O'Neill Cruz at short. Right. So get them at maybe a pitcher, and they um, have a catcher coming up. They have Hayes at third base, so maybe maybe a right side of the infield guy, like a because I know they have stop gaps at first base, right? We, that's maybe maybe Austin Wells. I keep hearing him moving over, moving over to first, to first base. Yeah. So that would be two. And I would think a couple of pitchers because I don't know yeah. if they have many good pitchers really in there. Okay. So, I mean, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. what do you think it would take the, for the, for Boston? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Brian Reynolds. Maybe I, I would, I would give them like uh See, I, I wouldn't do it if I was the Red Sox. Right. 
I, I think they're not a Brian Reynolds away from winning. From from winning a World Series, I think I think they need more pitching. Brian Reynolds would look really good in Boston, but I think they need more pitching. I I think they need somebody. I need to go into opening day thinking Chris Sale without a question mark. I can't say Chris Sale without a question mark at the end of it going into opening day. Because unless you know what you have out of your ace, like, look, if I told you and I told Yankee fans that Garrett Cole was a question mark next year, would you be going in on all these different trades? You know what I mean? Right. That's true. You wouldn't be going all in on the year. You'd be like, well, we got to figure Garrett Cole out first. And they're different pitchers. I'm just saying, like, top of the top of the rotation pitchers, they've got to be automatic, healthy, give them 200 innings, and then we can go from there. And until that's figured out, I don't think Brian Reynolds would make a huge difference on Boston. He would look good for Boston, but right. I think it would maybe you could give him back, like you said. I think it would cost probably three out of the top, like seven, I would give up. Yeah. I Easily. wouldn't go for like Soto package, like my top three. And, and that's what I mean. And that's what they yeah. want. And I think that's asking a little too much. Yeah. You know, the Pirates shouldn't be, I mean, like I said, they're at least two years away from becoming a team that might make the uh, a wild card run, you know? Yeah. Like like what Baltimore did last year. Maybe they're two years away from that. Maybe less. Maybe they think maybe they think they're ready for it now. I don't know. But um then if they're if they think they're ready to win with a couple of extra players, then you know what? Make the Reynolds trade, but bring back uh guys that are ready. Like if I'm the Yankees, like if I'm going with the Yankees, say give me it's so hard because like hmm. For Brian Reynolds, what, Glaber Torres? Yeah, at least him and, and I, Dominguez for sure. And maybe Piera. That's the other guy who plays the outfield. He's in AAA, I think. Right. So, and that still doesn't solve what we think is the Pirates' problem, which is pitching. Right. But if they think they can compete, I mean, that's a it's a weak NL Central. I get that. But, but yeah, I just think they got to do something. To get, yeah, I agree with you. They got to be a little more realistic. Yeah, and, and he's a great player, but unfortunately, you got to be. I, I'm not even saying lower your demands either, just in a different way. Like get the three really good young players, but maybe at different levels, like you said, the, the lower, maybe a double A guy that's two years away. You know. Yeah. Like a Dominguez would be great for them because he's about two years away. He's perfect. They'll start in double A this year, maybe end up in triple A at the end, and then start in triple A in 2024. And then at some point you bring them up. So I, I like that. You know, a player like that with two more guys, but pitching, I don't know if we have top pitching anymore that they'd want because we gave up, you know, all those guys last year in trade. So so we're probably not a good match for them. So um and watch he, he in between episodes and get straight into the Yankees. <laughs> Yeah, for a lot less than what we're talking about, too. But yeah, it makes sense that if you're if you're the team that has him, you gotta you gotta ask Kai, see what you can sell for. So yeah, basically. So what are we looking at for the next week? 
I think my idea would be Correa and Swanson. Hopefully one of them comes to Boston. That's what I'm looking for. But I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, it's just it, I'm still shaking my head with the Dodgers and the Red Sox just kind of being quiet. Are they waiting for prices to come down? Maybe on some of these players, and then they're gonna then they're gonna make their move. Maybe because I think the I mean, Red Sox need a lot too. Yeah, they need. Well, at the start of the offseason, Bloom and them said that they're gonna make upwards of nine players to their forty man roster. And so far, they've done what two? Uh. Yeah, as far as I remember, it's only two. They said anywhere from five to nine, they could see. So. A guy, for me, a guy that makes sense for them, if they don't go for Correa or Swanson, how about, and we talked about him already, was Drury. Right? Because yeah, Drury helps out a lot of positions. Yeah. You might even be able to play him in left field if you can get him acclimated to the monster and then move. Um, the Japanese outfielder to a permanent DH. If you can get away with playing him in left field, though, you can always bring back Jaden Martinez on a one-year deal at DH. Right. It still it comes back to what are they doing with shortstop and what are they doing with pitching. I think they need one more starter, at least a backup catcher, and a starting shortstop. Hmm. And that's if everything goes right with the people that they signed right now do you think there's any shot they bring back vasquez to catch i could see that i also saw where the twins were in on vasquez and the astros won him back i think i just saw an article where it said three teams um hmm. well uh it said three teams were in on him and then probably another you, – you think they they would go for another pitcher or – I think another pitcher – I mean, a Chris Bassett or an Evaldi makes sense. As far as Christian Vasquez, he was saying uh, – they were saying a bunch of suitors, including the Twins, the Padres, the Diamondbacks, the Guardians, and the Giants. I, I can see all those teams needing a catcher, so. And he is probably the top remaining free agent catcher left. Hmm. So. There's another name in that three that three team trade. Estery Ruiz. He's going from Milwaukee to Oakland. And then Freddie Tarnick is going from Atlanta to Oakland. Do you know either one? Like well, Freddie Tarnick them? already got up into the big leagues because he's already 24. We're talking about him like he's an old guy, but 24. Um, wow. His minor league stats last year, he split between double A and triple A, and he had like a four ERA. Hmm. Typical of a young, younger pitcher, a lot of strikeouts and a lot of walks. But, and Ruiz is 23 also now. Yeah, I don't get this. Well, I, I just read that the A's were looking for uh, major league. Ready? Yeah. AKA cheap, controllable. I guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ruiz did nothing. I mean, he, let's see, last year in 218 
plate appearances, 198 at bats, five homers, 23 RBIs, four stolen bases, 242. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's his projections. <laughs> uh, 2022. No homers, two RBIs, 171. It's an awfully nice projection compared to what he did. And they got him from San Diego. Okay. So. And then um, today, I was looking it up today. The best players born on December 12th. I know we were doing in previous episodes a little history on this day. I found the, I think the best player on December 12th born this day is Gorman Thomas. Older, older fans will remember Gorman Thomas. He kind of had the look of a beer league outfielder with the Brewers. And he played center field, which is yeah, crazy. That it, it was, uh, it's amazing. If you if you want to, I mean, he was a, he was a really good player. I mean, I think he yes. had, I think he had like two hundred fifty home runs, something like that. Yeah, two sixty eight. Oh wow! Yeah, he had a nice run. He led the league twice in home runs: thirty nine and eighty two, and forty five and seventy nine. Sports Illustrated once said Thomas is the only Brewer hitter who looks like he chews glass. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. And then yeah. the other guy that was born today, Orlando Hudson. Bunch of gold gloves. Um, a good player, but yeah. Well, one of your guys was born today as well. Huh. Big name? Y- you hope he's a big name. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I hope he's a big name. I believe you're, you're shortstop. Oh, Meyer? I believe so. Nice. Marcelo Meyer. So he's 20 today? He's 20 years old today. Wow. He'll be getting up to double A this year, and then we'll see. Like you said, he's like a year behind Volpe. So. Right. So maybe in so two years, done. we'll see him. Yeah. 2024. Maybe by the end of 2024, hopefully. And listen, I hope for you, for your sake and Red Sox's sake that he does – Become and something. it'd be good for the rivalry to have two young shortstops coming up at the same time again. Not to say that they're going to be <laughs> Jeter, A. Rod, Nomar, that you know, Tejada. All no, but that. I, I, yeah, I, but, I totally agree. Yeah, it would be good for the rivalry. Just add another level because these guys come up now and they were born in like, I mean, two thousand and two. They don't even know the rivalry. Yeah. I mean, and and when you look at going back to the free agents, there's some big names that are still left outside of the yeah. shortstops. Yeah, no, I didn't mean to say that there weren't big names, but there just aren't like right. But, yeah, I ten year deal names, but there are good starters to be had. Definitely. I mean, when you look second at second base, the- is a little weak right now. Yeah, so that's why I'm scared to move Story off a of second base. And put him at shortstop because then you open another gap. And then I saw where the Marlins are offering Turner something at third base. That would be pretty nice for the Marlins. Yeah, they could use a bat. Like a use. I can see if the Marlins got like a Justin Turner and a Trey Mancini. That that's not bad at all. I mean, you're not adding speed to the team. That's for sure. But no. Um, I was just thinking right-handed bats because they were in on Castellanos last year. So, right instead of going big for one guy, you know, kind get of spread it out. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's not bad at all. I mean, you had those two guys. That's that's not a bad, you know, one-two punch. And, and maybe you could squeeze in one more. But I, I really like I, I'm I still keep on pushing jewelry, but I would add him to the Red Sox and move story to short. Yeah. You know? Um if and then you have somebody like you know, Royo or Jeter Downs is kind of like a utility player backup. Yeah. And then you just got to figure out what you're doing with the catcher. If you're going with McGuire and Long, you bring back Vasquez, you bring back Plawecki. Yeah. Because you know what the, the 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 crazy thing is? By next week, a lot of these secondary names are gone, and then you're left with really nothing. So Yeah, a lot of these names are going to want to be signing their contract before the holiday season. Yeah, they'd like to know where they're going. Sure. Yep. I would think so. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. I think when, cause once those, those top names go and then the next level goes, then it's like, Oh, you know, when, if you're a then, team, then, we, then the musical chair stops, the music yeah. stops and you're, the lights come on and you're stuck with whoever's left. I almost feel like that's what the, I almost feel like that's what Boston and the Dodgers are doing right now. Like they're almost waiting for the yeah. prices to come down and then they'll swoop in and, you know, Sign up a mid mid tier player on yeah. a bargain. Sign Elvis Andrews to be the shortstop, oh, <laughs> uh, or Gene Segura to play second. You know, something like that. Oh boy, it just doesn't make sense. It's, no, it doesn't. I I keep thinking about it. I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm still. It just makes no sense. But I just hope um, but, uh, to Red Sox fans, what I'll say is. Different teams, but look at what the Yankees did last year with their quote-unquote stopgap in the middle infield, Ugh. and they made the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> not because of them, though. Thing you know, like yeah, but and each team is different from year to year. You never know who's going to outperform what they usually do. And, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Let, check this out. Um, our good friend here, Julian, great. Um, a great follow on Twitter, Julian Gugliarte, um, is just tweeted Willie Adamas might also be going to the Braves in this trade. Okay, that and that's all they got back. I don't know. <laughs> A twenty-four to twenty-three year old. The A's have to be getting three, four, yeah, a bunch of players, and the Brewers now I really there. like Adamas. Yeah, me too, and. He'd be perfect, I think, with the uh, Braves. Yep. I still don't understand why they why they're not signing Swanson. I I don't yeah, understand I don't that. He's 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 a Southern kid too. He's from down there. Is he from Georgia? It sounds about right. I mean, he's done everything right way. I mean, and, and I don't think day. he won a championship with them. And I, mean, I don't I, think they're gonna sign him either because they sign everybody young. Right, they get their yeah. They get it out of the way quick. Yeah, so (laughs) I think he's got to be like, I guess I'm not getting signed if everybody else is getting signed here, and he's been pretty good. Yeah, given this guy who has 200 at bats in the majors a contract, and I'm playing it out. So, and like he said, I think he said it earlier. I mean, the guy just plays. He's played every game the last two years. Um, 25 home runs this year, 27 the year before bunch of ribbies you know got a little bit of stolen bases just a good solid player yeah. um 
I don't know. I mean, unless he's asking for the moon and they don't want to, I don't know. Well, someone's in his ear saying, look, these guys are getting 11 year deals. This is your time. Yeah. It's, I want to give him an 11 year contract, but no, no, you don't want to give anybody 11 year deal, but it's just, it's very strange for Atlanta not to sign this guy. Yeah, I agree. And, um, it also brings up a red flag when you look at it, right? Like, it starts to get you thinking, like, <laughs> right? Why didn't they sign? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Let's check the medicals one more time. Hey, something, man. But uh, until next week, this was episode seventy-five of Talking Rivals. You can nice. find us at Talking Rivals on Twitter, wherever get wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Sportswire Radio. Thanks to Thomas Bryce sportnarium.com backslash player. Chris is covering the Yankees at CP7NY. I'm covering what's left of the Red Sox at Patrick Trotty. (laughs) Uh, Until next week, um, have a good week, and uh, hopefully your team does something worth reporting about. Take care. See everyone next week.